Good morning, and we welcome back to the program for his weekly legislative update, State Representative Randy Fry. Good uh, Monday morning to you, Randy. Good morning, Tom. And, of course, uh, the uh, legislative session is uh, starting to wind down. I mean, uh, we're looking, what, uh, nine more days in the uh, session's uh, second half? Yeah, Tom, uh, it is April, and uh, we're in our fourth month now of the uh, 2023 legislative session. Um, The uh, committee report deadline is coming up in April 11th in the House, and uh, that is beginning to be the end of the second half. Tom, the second half of the legislative session, the House hears Senate bills that pass in the first half, and the Senate hears House bills that pass in the first half. And as we come down to the end, the committee report deadline is for a bill that hasn't passed committee uh, by the committee report deadline is dead. So every bill that passes the first half doesn't make it to the second half. And, uh, And so then after that, and only after that, do we start conference committee where we begin to work out the differences in the bills that pass the House and a different version of the same bill that passed the Senate or vice versa. That will happen in the last two weeks of session. And that will also include the budget. The budget will uh, be passing out of the Senate probably late this week or early next week. Uh, And then it will also go to conference committee where the governor, the House, and the Senate leaders will sit down and work through the uh, differences in the versions of the budget and come up with a final budget that everyone agrees on, then they'll have to come back and be voted on again in both the House and the Senate. And, uh, and then uh, we'll have a budget uh, for 2023-24. And then as far as the House is concerned, as far as uh, bills with uh, second reading and uh, third reading, uh, what are we uh, looking at there as we start this week? Well, as you know, Tom, the committees now are getting... Uh, their work completed. Most of the work now will be taking place on the House and Senate floor. Today, there are 18 bills on second reading, 11 on third reading. Second reading is where a bill could be amended. Third reading is where uh, bills are uh, passed or, or not on their merit. And so uh, we will have longer days now, and, uh, and tomorrow will be a long day and right on through until we finish the second half. Uh, my committee, the Veterans Affairs Public Safety Committee, has completed its work for this year. And, uh, as have many of the committees. Now, as uh, far as some of the uh, legislation, Randy, uh, a bill that uh, you're sponsoring in the House, this is uh, Senate Bill uh, 290, and uh, you can give us a rundown as uh, far as that's concerned. You bet, Tom. Senate Bill 290 is a bill that comes to us from Senator Jim Toms. I'm the House sponsor. As you know, every bill has an author and a sponsor. The author is where the bill originated. This is the Senate Bill, Senator Toms. Every bill has to have a sponsor in the House, and that would be me. What this bill does is it requires the Bureau of Motor Vehicles to provide information to the Indiana Department of Veterans Affairs for those who apply for a disabled Hoosier veteran license plate, a Purple Heart license plate, Hoosier veteran license plate, a Support Our Troop license plate, and an Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal license plate, unless the person applying for the plate says they don't want to share this information. The information is also uh, very careful what could be done with it. It can't be sold. It can't be used uh, for any reason other than for the Department of Veterans Affairs to reach our veterans. You know, Tom, uh, Indiana has a lot of veterans that we don't know where they are. We don't, we don't know where they live, and we want to reach out to them, and we want to make sure they're aware of the benefits that come 
to them from being a veteran of the United States or a veteran of Indiana. And uh, with this legislation, we hope it will provide a better database for the Indiana Department of Veterans Affairs to keep those veterans up to date on the various uh, benefits that are available or different, different activities that would be of interest to a veteran, trying to keep them uh, up to date on what's going on. And then another one, uh, Randy, is uh, Senate Bill uh, 369, and uh, this is um, uh, one that uh, Representative Jim Pressel had uh, uh, sponsored in the House, and uh, this is regarding uh, AEDs. It is, Tom. The bill requires a school coach, assistant coach, marching band leaders, drama and music leaders, and extracurricular activity leaders to ensure that an automatic external defibrillator, also known, as you said, as an AED, is present at each event in which students have an increased risk of sudden cardiac arrest for which the individual is providing coaching or leadership. The bill requires the AED to be deployed in accordance with the venue, the school's specific emergency action plan, located on the premise where the event occurs and present for the duration. So basically what we're saying here is there will have to be an AED available um, when there's a sporting event going on, when there's a concert going on, when there's you know, what, whatever special activity, a play, a drama, whatever's happening where the students are, uh, are masked for an extracurricular activity, has to be an AED there. has to be there. It has to be there for the duration of the program. So uh, we can't have one at the beginning of practice, for instance, and it's not there at the end. Um, this is one of those things, Tom, that uh, comes from a need. We've seen students who uh, would go into sudden cardiac arrest whose life could have been saved if the AED had been there. Um, being a former firefighter, EMT paramedic, I can tell you there's a short window of time between when a person goes into cardiac arrest and when you can shock them out of that ventricular fibrillation rhythm before it's too late. And if you have to run all the way to the school, or all the way back to the AED, it may very well be too late. Uh, so it's simply about time to save a life and uh, have these uh, devices right there. Let's hope uh, that we never have to use one. Let's hope that we don't have students have such issues, but we know it does happen. And when it does, we have to be prepared. And uh, I understand that this is legislation that has uh, been in the uh, up the state house before, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, I know a lot of uh, uh, nationally the conversation has really bumped up uh, with the uh, Demar Hamlin incident at uh, Pecor Stadium in the uh, Monday night game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, uh, has this been uh, brought to the uh, state house? This legislation been brought to uh, lawmakers before? You know, Tom, I'm not aware it has, but I'm not surprised if it has. These kind of these kind of bills again come from a need. It's recognized that there's a, a serious issue here, and we want to make sure that it's there. You know, I'm sure most schools do it anyway. Problem is that it's not always done that way. And and when when uh, a student goes into cardiac arrest, it's not the time to go. Where's the AED? Does anybody know if we have an AED or where is it? That's not going to work. Uh, as you saw on the Monday night game with the Bills and the Bengals, uh, had that crew not been right there with everything they need, that young man would not have survived. It. And uh, you and I, I think, have talked about this before. The real heroes on that field that night were the least paid of the emergency medical technicians that took care of him. Um, they're, they're the ones who really made a difference. Indeed. And, uh, of course, um, uh, so uh, basically this would uh, codify it across the state. Yes, it would. It would require it uh, for uh, 
any extracurricular activity uh, that our schools, our public schools are doing. Okay, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, and we'll continue our conversation with State Representative Randy Fry right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our legislative update with State Representative Randy Fry and uh, another uh, bill, Randy, that the uh, House is considering in This is uh, sponsored by Representative Joanna King in the House. It's uh, Senate Bill 35, Mm -hmm. and uh, this is regarding uh, personal financial responsibility being taught to um, Indiana public high school students. It it is, Tom, and uh, I can remember um, being a baseball high school graduate when we took a class called business, uh, business accounting, I think is what it was, and I can still use some of the skills that I got in those days uh, as far as personal finance, and even when I owned my business, I used some of those skills that were, were taught. So um, this bill uh, requires the State Board of Education to adopt a curriculum which ensures personal financial responsibility is taught to Indian public high school students. Beginning with the graduating class of 2027, the students are expected uh, to graduate 2026-27 school year and the personal financial responsibility course is taught as a separate subject. Um, by the way, the course uh, will qualify as a math credit for, uh, for your uh, academic diplomas. Um, the bill also provides that public schools will certify to the Department of Education that students beginning in the 2027 graduating year have completed the personal financial responsibility requirements as described within the bill before the student may graduate. We just want to make sure that students are financially aware of some of the situations that they're going to face. When they uh, graduate from high school, some will go to college, they'll take out college loans. They need to understand that uh, this is a, a huge burden. They can also, uh, some students don't go to college, they'll be working and going into the workforce. They're going to need vehicles, they're going to need a place to live. And so we want them to understand the budget. Want them to understand financial uh, uh, risk and responsibilities, and so uh, I think this is a good bill. Uh, again, it's uh, most of the bills we have come from a need that someone has uh, perceived, and we believe that this bill will uh, help in uh, teaching our students to be better prepared to go out into the world as uh, as adults. So, again, this would be the uh, high school students entering grade 9 beginning with uh, uh, next year's uh, or this August uh, freshman class. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It would give them an an opportunity to learn uh, financial uh, skills. And would you say it's, uh, is it fair to say uh, financial literacy? Uh, Because I know it's uh, sometimes that that term has been used uh, in regards to uh, uh, items such as this. I would say so, yeah. Um, and, you know, when you're starting to talk about borrowing money, uh, what what is the impact of a, a, a payment, a monthly payment? And how much money do you have to make in order 
to be able to afford the payment and still have money to live. Uh, I remember uh, working with my children, teaching them that if you're going to pay a payment of this amount, you have to make this much more in order to still have groceries and have a, have a place to live and gasoline and the things that you need as a family. So um, uh, for me, this is, a, this is a really good bill, and uh, I, I hope it makes it across the finish line. Something I will note is every bill is a bill. It's not a law. And until it passes both chambers identically and the governor signs it or it is allowed to become law, it isn't. So all the things that we talk about are bills that are in process. Each of them are moving at a different pace. Uh, some have a lot of momentum, some don't. And so we can't, we don't want to assume that these things are going to be until uh, at the end of session we can summarize what did and didn't make it. I think you mentioned earlier on another bill, has that bill been offered before? Many bills are offered year after year after year before they finally make it. Some never make it. Some shouldn't make it. Um, you know, I've got a bill right now, House Bill 1034, which exempts active duty military committee and income tax. I filled that, filed that bill year after year after year. It's the farthest we've ever got, but we're still in the Senate. And until we escape the Senate and uh, get off to the governor for his signature, uh, we still don't have anything. Yeah, you br bring up a good point, Randy, the fact that uh, these are uh, just pieces of legislation until uh, till they make it to the governor's desk and he signs them. Uh, there's still there's still bills, there's still proposed, there's still legislation. They're not uh, laws as of yet until um, Eric Holcomb uh, autographs that uh, bill. Or or he can allow it to become law yeah. without his signature. Yep. Yep. Uh, but but your listeners might be interested to know if they go to the Indiana General Assembly webpage and click on legislation, click on bills, you can see all the bills that are alive. They're highlighted. The bills that are dead are kind of darkened. You can still see the bill number, but it's darkened out. And you can read the content of the bill that's dead, but only the bills that are moving and still alive are highlighted. And so after the committee, after the third reading deadline at the end of the second half, more of those bills will be darkened because every bill that passed the first half doesn't pass the second half. And then and only then can you see what's really still alive and what's really still moving. All right. And then, uh, of course, uh, how can folks get a hold of you in the uh, waning days of the session, Randy? 317-512-0128. All right. Sounds good. Well, as always, uh, Randy Fry, we appreciate your time this morning. Stay well, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Thank you, Tom.